0: What's up everybody, Dan by your Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk like normal. Not like all the time, but like normal. Um, it is dark, just came in uh, doing a bunch of stuff like normal. Uh, always hustling. I know if you, <laughs> if you ask the people that have been waiting for their trucks to get done, they would probably tell you I do the opposite of hustle. But <laughs> when spread out across so many um, jobs and platforms and different facets of the business, um, yeah, everything suffers and everything becomes a hustle. So I appreciate everyone that's patient. I appreciate everyone that listens. I appreciate everyone that likes this and shares and comments. Um, I even appreciate the haters. um, Because normally it just shows me how ridiculous and how easy people's lives are now when they have time to float around the interwebs and bitch about um, not getting their value out of a free service. Yes, you're going to complain about (laughs) wasting your time on a free service um that really says a lot about your character uh in general you know if if somebody was paying for this um you know if this was a subscription service and they whatever like fine i get it but it's fucking free like yeah shut up um Or people that complain about how much I complain. Like, those are my favorite ones. Um, Wait a minute. You're going to fucking hypocrite me and complain about my complaining? Yeah. Like, don't. (laughs) You have no legs to stand on. Like, don't even open your fucking mouth. Uh, And then when I go to their uh, page or their Facebook or whatever, and it's just nothing but um, complaining and crying and reposting fucking memes about the government and stuff, I'm like, yeah, you... Really have no life. So, I love you guys. I love the haters because it's just so ridiculous. Um, I appreciate it. Appreciate everything. So, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Appreciate all of it. So, calendar still got the March uh, birthday trip, uh, March 16th through the 19th, 2019, Route 66. Starting down around Bakers Cal- Bakersfield, California area, and then heading east from there. Um, I'm looking at planning a early summer Rubicon trip. Uh, anybody that's got hardcore wheeler, um, again international, you're welcome to come. Uh, I haven't decided on a date yet. Somebody should DM me uh, or shoot me an email at, at Binder Boneyard Podcast at Gmail. And we will uh, see if we can't put together some sort of uh, run for early summer. Um, It's been years since I've been on the Rubicon. I miss it. I want to get back. I know it's changed a lot since I was there. Last time I went through, the little sluice was still almost impossible to get through. Um, A lot of the bypasses were really gnarly. Um, You know, a lot of stuff was, was still there that has been changed. So... Um yeah. I don't have a date yet for Rubicon, but I'm I'm working on it. So speak up, pipe up if uh, anybody has any suggestions and whatnot. Um not much else on the skedule. So, um getting good feedback on the last couple episodes with the um do's and don'ts. Uh, someone asked about the emissions systems on the Scouts and the later 74 and 5 Trucks and Travel Alls. I hate those goddamn things. Um, you know, the air pumps and all that vacuum stuff and the smog equipment. Like, I, I really hate them. It, uh, it's really important. If you've got to keep those systems... Um, It's really important that all of your vacuum lines are going to where they're supposed to go. Most of the scouts still have the sticker on the cowl or firewall of the proper vacuum line routing. Um, And, you know, you're supposed to have a temperature sensor in the radiator that's also vacuum powered because there's those what do you call them? I call them vacuum trees that are in the intake manifold. Um, They are just temperature operated. So there's a vacuum source usually from the intake manifold that goes to one part of that tree and then from that tree is another hose that runs to either the base of the carb or the uh, dash pot or the fast idle uh, solenoid or to the sensor in the radiator, which then has a tree on it. And then it sends vacuum out to various other places because what it's doing is when they start running, when they get up to temperature, it, um, so it's real lean. They run real lean when they idle, um, and at lower RPMs and then they richen up as they get hot. If I recall how that works, um, But, yeah, it it, it changes the amount of vacuum that's going through the engine, and and then that changes the amount of fuel and the richness or leanness of the fuel system. Um, And then, of course, you have the air pump that just is pumping fresh air into the exhaust to thin out the exhaust coming out of the tailpipe, which is the most ridiculous way around emissions I've ever heard of, but that's just what they do um those air pumps move a ton of volume but they make almost no pressure so they can't be used as like onboard air or something like that they um so that's what i recommend for that just make sure all your vacuum ports are clear vacuum lines aren't cracked or broken make sure your carb base is bolted down correctly make sure you don't have any extra vacuum leaks like a bad booster cracked vacuum hose We see that all the time. Uh, Original vacuum lines that are just brittle and they have a crack in them somewhere or a mouse got in there and chewed a hole in one that you can't see. Um, Make sure those vacuum lines are nice and solid. Uh, And this is all, again, this is just for the guys that have to have the emission systems for, you know, you're in California or you're in fucking Portland or wherever. Stupid emissions stuff is. Um, If you do not have to um, do any of that stuff, or you know whatever reason you've you've timed out in your state, some of them have a sliding scale where it's only you know twenty five years, and then after twenty five years, it can not have to go through the emissions testing, whatever. Um, If it were me, I would then throw away that. 2310 or 2210 or whatever that Holly carb is that's got all the emissions shit on it. Throw that fucker as far away from you as you can. Get on the Summit website. Order you up a good old 350 CFM 2300 Holly and a new base gasket. Uh, and that is base gasket number. I even wrote the part down because I was working on something else earlier. Um, I did have it written down. It's like 60667 or something like that. Where did I write? You can hear me shuffling through papers because it was on my desk a minute ago. I just saw it. Um, well, shit. Oh, it is 60677. That is the appropriate Felpro number for your base gasket for your two-barrel holly six zero six seven seven get that from summit um or wherever but that's what you need that has the tongue on it that protects the float bowl from heat and uh and all that so um that's what i would recommend for that so yeah if you don't have to have emissions throw that shit away uh throw the air pump away get it just yeah clean up the engine bay get rid of that hoses and piping and everything Um, So hopefully that answered your question about emissions. Um, Whoever asked that, I forget. I'm sorry. I get a lot of feedback on this stuff, and I don't always write down who asks what. Um, So I was going to move on to the dues of transmissions. Um, Right off the bat, if you get a scout, get an international whatever that has an automatic... The very first thing you should do across the board, drop the pan. And it makes a fucking mess. Like, there's no drain plug in it. There's no way to do it without making a mess. So, you know, what we do is I start at one corner and I loosen the bolt. And, like, I'll loosen one bolt almost all the way. And then the next one, loosen it almost all the way plus a thread or minus a thread. And I just keep going around until the pan has dropped down at the corner and it's spilling most of its fluid just out of one corner. And, you, you know, of course you have a catch pan, a uh, drain pan, something. Don't, don't do it on the ground, fucking hillbillies. Even, I'm, even a redneck hillbilly like me still knows better than to just drain fluids on the ground. Um, we used to do that back in the day. I'm not going to lie. Working in the woods... You know, you'd watch the, the loader or the fucking shovel operator just dig a hole, park his loader on top of the hole, drain out 20 gallons of oil, and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> normally they'd build a slash pile over that top of that and then burn it in the fall. So who knows, maybe they took care of the oil, maybe they didn't. But anyway nowadays you fucking catch your oil don't just drain it on the ground um so i recommend dropping the pan checking the uh filter make sure there's no shavings or loose hardware nuts and bolts in that pan clean it up real good uh and and put it back together or if you've got a um shift shaft seal leak which uh is super common across the board. We've been able to change those from the outside. I am the first guy to admit that I'm not a super expert in the automatics. Uh, It is sort of magic to me and I just do the basics and then leave leave the rest of it to a professional. We have a shop here in town that does very good rebuilds for us. Um, So I just trust him and so, uh, but we have changed the shift shaft seal before, um, you know, we can do that externally with, we've got a pretty good set of picks and whatnot and we can pick it out of there. Um, cause there's just a lot of sideways leverage on that, um, on that selector and it just wears the seal out over time. And it's time and time again, people bring their scout in and they say, Oh man, the pan really leaks. Well, you start looking, and it's not the pan. It's coming out of the shift shaft seal, and then it runs down the side of the case and then catches the pan and then runs all around the pan. And so then, of course, everyone thinks it's the pan that's leaking. Um, and that's also a really common problem with the rear main seal, too, is that people the rear main is leaking, and everyone's like, oh, my oil pan is just fucked. It's like, no, it's your rear main. They just don't want to admit it because it's a big fucking job. Um, so, you know, those are those are real important things to check. Uh, first, like obviously do the drain the fluid, check the pan for stuff and uh, new gasket. Be very, very, very careful with that gasket. Don't over tighten the bolts because um, you'll just pooch it back out and split it. Um, we always take a dolly and a body hammer, and flatten the pan out, uh, each of the holes, because it never fails when they start leaking. People just slide under there, and they're like, oh, maybe it's loose, and they just start cranking down the bolts, and it fucks up the cork gasket, and you know, it's ruined. So, uh, we flat we take a dolly and flatten out all the bolt holes. And then, you can get really high-end gaskets, uh, like, I think Lube Locker, Lube Locker sells a plastic gasket that's rubber impregnated or o-ring o-ring impregnated that's reusable uh, it's a good it's a very good gasket um, if you got the money for it you can try that if not you just use the cork one that comes in the kit from napa or o'reilly's um, you know right stuff we use a lot of right stuff on cork gaskets and uh, that works really well if everything is clean and it's flat um so throw that in there uh you know put some good fluid in it that's definitely a do when you get them um and then change it every 25,000 I mean I've had three I've done three I think three changes on my black truck just because I tow so much with it um and uh yeah it's still working but uh yeah, definitely do that. Uh, if you've got a manual, you're going to want to just pull the drain plugs uh, and watch for sparkles. Um, the more glitter, the worse it is. You know, if it looks like a fucking Saturday night at the strip club coming out of that plug, um, you're going to have some troubles down the road. Um, more than likely, what happened was someone put new gear oil modern, I should say modern gear oil, into your transmission. This new stuff, this GL5, even some of the GL4 stuff, I believe, has additives in it that actually eat brass. And when you put that in there and you've got brass synchronizers in the transmission, that they're going to start deteriorating from use and from the oil eating them so it just accelerates everything um we've had really good luck with either synthetic 7590 uh it's called mtl it's a valvoline product that we use um in the summertime trucks hot weather trucks um i use it in the transfer case all the time in my black truck because it's always under a heavy load um it seems to work okay um or in the lighter-duty stuff and wintertime conditions, straight synthetic 50-weight. Uh, it's it's actually 50-weight engine oil, but it's synthetic and it's a straight weight. That seems to work really well, uh, and it does not have the additives that hurt the brass. Uh, and the same goes for the transfer case. Uh, Dana 20s, even the single-speed aluminum ones, whatever, um, it's seventy-five, ninety MTL synthetic or the straight fifty weight synthetic. It just what you know it depends on the location where it's going to, uh, mileage, usage, that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, fifty weight engine oil. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate mail on that because uh, some guys haven't heard of that, and so just simply because they haven't heard of it, they obviously think that it's it's wrong. Um, but there's enough information floating around out there that you know it's it's true. You don't want to use GL5 gear oil in anything that has brass or soft metal. Yell, I think it's yellow metal so brass bronze um, copper that kind of stuff. You don't want to use it on that. Um, so or there's you could go really old school and just run like GL1 mineral oil uh, which is what they came with from the factory. Uh, it's just straight mineral oil. Um, I don't even know if you can buy that anymore. I honestly haven't even looked for it. Um, I just go right for the synthetic stuff in the gear train. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I would do when you're you know new new owners, or even if you've had your Scout for truck for a long time. And you haven't done that. You think to yourself, Jesus, when was the last time I changed the transmission fluid or the transfer case oil? Like, you should probably do it. Um, Same with the rear end and front end. If you've got a four-wheel drive, pull the diff covers. Um, If you haven't done it in five years, pull the covers, clean them out, look for teeth, broken teeth, chunks of shit, um, you know, excessive rust, a lot of moisture, um, if the fluid comes out looking like chocolate milk, it's probably bad times in there. Um, you know, a lot of this maintenance and that's what all this is. All my, a lot of my dues is maintenance helps you catch things before it turns into a big problem. Um, you know, you know how many times we've had a scout come in and they're like, oh, I just need you to do, um, breaks. and we lift the rear end up grab the wheel and the wheel moves in and out three quarters of an inch like their wheel bearings are shot but they didn't even know they couldn't even tell didn't make a noise whatever had no idea they just thought excuse me they thought that the fluid running out of the backing plate was brake fluid or something and so, you know, most, a good portion of our rear brake jobs also include wheel bearings because they're just fucked. So, um, you know, definitely do that if you're a new owner, new to your rig, or you've been driving it for a long time and haven't checked that stuff. Jack up the rear end, grab those back tires, move them in and out, like center, push to the center of the truck, pull out. See how much end play is in those wheels. You know, a little bit is fine. A little bit of end play is normal. There are tapered bearings. If they've been replaced, they are a tapered roller bearing. They're supposed to have some end play. Um, but like half inch of movement in and out is no good. Um, so check for that. That's definitely a do. Yeah, servicing the diffs, that's a do um, for sure. Um You know, I mean, just, like, grab the drive shaft and wobble it around. See how worn the splines are. Uh, Check the U-joints. If the U-joints look like the fucking Titanic and they haven't been greased in a thousand years, um, you know, that's definitely a do. We like to do U-joints just about all the time um, because they're cheap. You know, 20 bucks a piece takes us... mm, I mean, I can do full U-joint set in a drive shaft with Spicer sealed joints in half hour, maybe. Uh, so they're not that bad, but I'm also a trained monkey. You guys probably need to look it up in the book. The Actually, the, the Scout Owner's Manual, or not Owner's Manual, but the Scout um, Shop Service Manual has a great uh, instruction on how to do U-joints. I can I don't even think I could begin to explain it here because you need to see it visually how they how they change u joints. Um, I don't use sockets. I don't use the fucking vise. I don't use a press. I don't use the ball joint press from Harbor Freight. I do it all with blocks and a hammer. Um, and doing it that way, uh, been able to do it on the trail. Been doing it on the side of the road. Um, it really, it, it, the way the book describes it, it's it's very good. Um, so give the give the manual a look if you if you have one. Uh, if you don't, you should have one. This is another do do get the manual. Do please get the manual. Like it's uh, it's what you want. It, it has a lot of good, useful tips and tricks and things helpful things for things you might be afraid of doing or don't want to do um just give it give it a look at you know yeah it's like 85 bucks or 90 bucks worth it yeah that 90 dollars will save you thousands of dollars of broken and messed up parts if you decide to do something yourself without checking it out so um definitely get that um and that's really it for my dues as far as mechanicals and drivetrains go. Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have another do. You know, we might maybe next time talk about wiring or interior stuff, or I, I don't know. I need to, uh, I need to think about some other topics and cover some more ground. Um, I think I'm going to have round two with Gary Hadine, and I think his wife is going to take part in that episode because after him and I finished the episode last time, she had all kinds of uh, things to add to the stories, and, uh, and some of it was pretty good, some of it was pretty funny. So we will have Helen Hadeen join us uh, the next time Gary Hadeen joins us. Uh, I'm not sure when that'll be yet, but um, it should be a good episode. I love when uh, old people start bantering back and forth with themselves, especially Old married couples, because uh, they've been doing it for so long. But anyway, um, thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. I'm going to hang it up here a couple minutes early. Um, thanks for the support. Thank you for Patreon. Thank you for all the donations. Thank you for keeping this thing going. Uh, again, I'm paying for this out of pocket. Um, the service for you guys is free. It costs me money to do this. So... Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Please tell your friends. And uh, till next time I see you guys at a show or you come by and say hi, um, see you around.